Good morning from Regina, Saskatchewan. What's going on? It's been a while since I've been here in the group doing a live video, but I had an amazing question that just showed up. So I wanted to address it and uh, give you a chance to, uh, this was a really great question. And so I know that there's like a million uh, people in, in this group and very commonly, those are the ones that reach out for help are the ones who are anxiously attached in their relationships. Uh, one of my clients actually asked this question uh, last week. She said, Nima, how do I be in this relationship? How am, I, how am I supposed to be in this relationship? And so I wanted to shoot a video here and answer that question and um, answer another one that uh, Oli uh, Gilpin, Olin, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce your name, uh, some really great questions. Uh, first of all, for those of you who are at the breathwork on Sunday was magical for me. My experience of it was pretty magical and apparently from the DMs that I got it was a lot of fun too. Me and my wife are driving across the country. If you have, if, if um, you want to follow along on Instagram at Dr. Nima, uh, having a good time just reconnecting with my, um, my cousins and watching my wife reconnect with her, um, with her mom who hasn't seen her, uh, and my family who hasn't met my, my wife. So it's been a really neat experience. Um, uh, just the opportunity to be able to have the freedom to come here has been huge. And, um, I've kind of stepped away from doing a couple of these videos each day, answering the questions because I wanted to take a little break as well. So <clears throat> anxious attachment, basically, um, for those of you who are new to this group, welcome. The whole point of this uh, entire uh, community is to teach people how to expand that space between stimulus and response. Because quite frankly, those reactions to what we're confronted by each and every day, the conflicts, the micro conflicts that happen each and every day, when we don't learn how to do conflict well, it accumulates in our bodies and that will create issues, not just destruction in our lives and destruction in relationships, but it actually has an impact in the body as well, which is why I'm so uh, keen and fascinated uh, by uh, this conversation. And uh, as a chiropractor, I would see patient after patient coming in with stress-related problems, would help do adjustments and release the pressure in the nervous system, but then you'd go back to the same life, you'd go back to the same conflicts and the same patterns again and again. So the work becomes to uh, take responsibility and heal that. And so the question was, I'm an anxious attached, my husband's an, an avoidant, and we've been getting triggered by one another quite a bit, which is really why you chose one another. First of all, I want you to, to realize the reason why you chose one another was is to complete these unconscious wounds. We carry around these woundings with us throughout our lives. And when you, uh, when you look in a mirror, I don't want you to see just you. I want you to see a three-year-old version of you. I want you to see a 10-year-old version of you that got bullied a five-year-old version of you that felt not good enough because your parents got divorced, um, a seven-year-old version of you that was bullied, a 20-year-old version of you that is walking wounded because of a heartbreak. And so all of those parts of you are there and they exist 
and that is what's getting activated. That's what's getting triggered in your relationships. And this is when things start to unravel for you if you don't really understand what's happening and what to do with the sensations, which would make sense because growing up, you didn't have a parent that taught you how to, <clears throat> how to self-regulate often. I'm not saying all parents are bad. I'm just saying they didn't understand the science behind it and they were raised in an environment which was all about discipline, spare the rod, spoil the child. And so when he's an avoidant and you're an anxious attach or doesn't, I don't wanna use sex and gender, it doesn't really matter. Your partner is an avoidant and you are anxiously attached. How do you be in the relationship? This is one of the questions that one of my anxious attached clients was asking me because your main issue to handle when you are an anxious attached is enmeshment. Enmeshment is when the other person's emotions become your own. You get literally pulled into somebody else's emotions to fix them, to soothe them. Whether it's a child, whether it's a parent, if they're feeling disappointed or upset, the anxious attached person especially will pull themselves in and then become upset too. The other person's emotions become your emotions. And so it's incredibly difficult to decondition that. It's incredibly di difficult to decondition that because it's so frustrating because it's tough to not, you know, when you see the other person upset or pull away, you feel abandoned, you feel betrayed, and all of a sudden these emotions start popping up, these triggers start popping up, and you now start to create stories about yourself. You create stories about the other person. And most of those stories are, they're abandoning me, I'm not enough. And it's very painful, it's incredibly painful. The work that you're to do in that situation is your work, and this is, con it is constant. I, I know there's a lot of people who love John Martini, and it's just like, how do I clear or neutralize it? And so you gotta understand it's a repetitive reconnecting to the younger part of you that felt abandoned, that when he pulls away or goes into his cave or island, you know, your work is to not take it personally. This is the key. Your work is to not take it personally. Now that's easier said than done because an avoidant, understanding the psychology of the avoidant, I'm an avoidant, so I can tell you the psychology of it, very, very useful. <laughs> I help a lot of, uh, I love helping uh, anxious attached people with their avoidant partners because I am your, a lot of times I'm on a strategy session with someone, I'm like, I am your ex. <laughs> I am your ex so I can help you get into their mind. When they get confronted and triggered, they don't know what to do about their emotions. They don't feel seen and heard in that moment. And I know because this is the drama triangle, it's tough for you to see that when they're the avoidant because you feel so perpetrated by them. You feel so victimized by them. And in that moment, you have no concept, especially when you're triggered, that that person feels attacked, judged, blamed, and not worthy themselves. <clears throat> and because they being seen by you in that moment is not available and they don't know how to manage their emotions, the only way to survive is to pull away and run away, which of course will bring up your abandonment wounds. When my ex and I would get into arguments that would get extremely volatile and I'm embarrassed to say they would get physical sometimes, it was when I 
recognized that I, I, she would, she's being such a victim to me that me having my feelings acknowledged and seen wasn't available. So I had to get the fuck out of there in order to just manage because I, I just didn't feel seen as the avoidant. I had somebody who was codependent, who was seeing me as their perpetrator, having to fix them, but I didn't, I myself had emotions that I didn't know I wanted to be seen. You know, I kept, I remember constantly saying, hello, there's two of us here. And so the, the anxious attach often forgets that the avoidant is a wounded child themselves that really wants to be seen. So your work then, when he pulls away, is to not is to not take it personally is to go in and connect with the younger part of you that felt abandoned connect with the younger part of you that felt like unworthy connect with the part of you that felt um like they just uh didn't matter and your work is to be the hero to them and that is the opportunity every trigger if you learn how to get this right Every trigger becomes a portal for you to go in and self-soothe and to resource yourself. This is exactly what I'm teaching you. And, and already, the person who asked the question, I'm already uh, is joining us at the overview experience this upcoming weekend. I teach you literally step by step when a trigger comes up, how to go back and find the younger part of you that needs the attention in that moment. And a lot of people when they reach out and they're wanting help to heal their past and they're clear their wounding so they can create this secure attachment a lot of people um, say okay I just want to to be free of these triggers I just can we heal through them can, can I finally you've been listening to the trigger proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world which is nervous system regulation become becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less it means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds anytime there's reactivity there's a wound and if you're curious and inspired to learn more join us at breathwork and badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work there's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma it didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Release them, and the answer is no, you can't. The work is to allow these triggers to come up and do the work as they come up. So it's there's no kind of immunity type of session or coach or event or experience that's going to prevent you from being triggered moving forward. It's not, it's not going to happen. The work is to move to, to accumulate and get the tools into your toolbox. What I call the trigger proof toolkit, <laughs> kind of a cute name for it. So that when your partner confronts you, you know exactly what to do because 
if you don't have the training and you don't practice and you're not engaged in the conversation on a regular basis, come game time when it's World Series, game seven of World Series and it's game time, which is when your partner's pissing you off and activating those old wounds, that's when game time happens. <clears throat> your nervous system has now done the practice and the work of being able to open up that space between stimulus and response. Resource yourself. Find the younger parts of you that this is calling on you for. To be able to apply certain communication empathically towards yourself. To be able to move the sensations through your body. And here's the key, to to release and to go into your tears. And this is to answer Oli's, uh, Mr. Gilpin's uh, question. <clears throat> do we just neutralize it when the, when the trigger comes up? How do we prevent ourselves from making the trauma worse? And the answer is to give yourself permission and space to have the feelings, to cry the tears. Uh, the best way to bring you up from your nervous system dysregulation when you're in sympathetic fight or flight or you're completely in a freeze state shutdown is to surrender to your tears and to give yourself space to have the feelings. Now, how long? Some depends on the issue. If you lose a pet, it might take a few days to really uh, give yourself permission to, to cry, to give yourself permission to... Um, to have those shitty, to grieve, to, to have all of that uh, as an opportunity for you to do, to, to, to grieve. Let me know if you can hear me, if this is landing or resonating with you. And to feel the feelings and to cry them out. I had a client who's a Demartini student who did grief process. She died, she had not one child die. She had two children pass away. Two, not one, but two. Dr. Nagina. And she did the, the grief process with John Martini at the Breakthrough Experience <clears throat> and cleared it, but wasn't, but was stuck in her life years later, was just nothing was moving in her life. And it turned out she was using the neutralizing process to not feel her feelings. And so what we did, and it took her about two weeks but when we worked together on our first call, I didn't do any kind of clearing work. All I did was just hold space while she just fucking bawled and screamed and shouted at God and all of those things. And through that process, she, she told me she was crying for about two weeks and beautiful, allowing each layer of tears to come through and join yourself there will, will shed another layer. Now, Yes, I agree. It can go too far where you go all the way when you're just stuck in a story and you just won't leave. You're just stuck in that story. It's just there constantly, right? Um, when, you know, when does it end? Well, when you're, when you, I'm not saying to be playing the victim for, for the rest of your life. I'm just saying giving yourself the space to have these feelings. And then you, after you've now released and surrender into the tears, you now have an access point to do the cognitive work and the cognitive work goes by a lot quicker. And in the overview experience, what I'm, what I'm going to be doing on Sunday is teaching uh, the peeps and it's several people already signed up and I'm super excited to, to, to have you join. If you're, if you're coming, uh, you're going to be learning 
not to, not how to get rid of all your problems, but to have a tool so that when you're confronted by a trigger, you're able to manage your own emotions and resource yourself and put the oxygen mask on you by not repressing your feelings, by, by, by feeling them fully and going into an elevating, going up from a dorsal state to a sympathetic and moving after you have after you've allowed the tears to allow your nervous system to go up into more of a ventral state, which is your upper limit, upper level of the um, parasympathetic nervous system where you're, where you're feeling more connected. You're now able to do the cognitive work. My suggestion to people is to not sit and do the cognitive work when you're in a free state and to allow yourself feelings and the emotions, the, the sensations without the explanation, the sensations without the story, and to sit in the feelings and to allow those younger parts of you to come up. And when they do, it will reveal the next part of you that needs your attention. And so this is probably one of the most important skills that you can learn, especially during these COVID you know, times where, you know, we are now moving into a new normal, which we don't know. We have no idea what, what's happening. And I don't know what the future holds. We're all going into this unknown together. And when you go into the unknown with tools to be able to handle what you're confronted by, your nervous system is more regulated and you'll be able to see opportunity there where most people just see danger. Most people see crisis. You're able to see opportunity based on your nervous system regulation. And the only way to do that is by learning how to um, dance with your dark passenger. So on Sunday, um, I can't wait to share this with people, with you, <laughs> if you're many of you are coming, I see your names here. Um, and so <clears throat> in that time, you're gonna basically practice the art of becoming more securely attached within yourself, more detached from externals. And the advice that I had for that one, if you're just jumping on, make sure you rewind and watch this, is <clears throat> when the avoidant pulls away to realize that it's not personal about you. It's basically about their inability to manage their emotions and feel seen and heard externally. And it's not about you. You're bringing up something about somebody else. So how do I be in the relationship? You be an observer to yourself. You... Uh, learn the tools in how to take a feeling, go inside rather than sedate and numb and withhold and react. <clears throat> and you find the younger part of you and give her everything that you're wanting him to give you. Everything you're wanting externally from your husband, you learn to give you. That's how you be in a relationship. And when you ask, how do I be in a relationship? A lot of times that's your wounded child speaking, looking for approval. You need somebody outside of you to validate you. When you do this right, how you become in a relationship is somebody who um, can see another person, can empathize with another person. How do I be in a relationship is the, the most effective way that I can be in a relationship is first to empathize with me in that moment and fully get grounded in who I am and then create a container where the person in my space feels seen and heard. 
that's really the fundamentals of it. We don't really learn how to do relationships well. I sure as shit didn't. <laughs> I had to relearn that and repattern and rewire my nervous system. And that's why I love teaching it so much. That's what this entire training, that's what all these trainings are about is to shine a light of conscious awareness about it. And your relationship that you learn with that inner child, <clears throat> that wounded younger part of you is a lifelong new adventure. So I don't care how much personal development work you think you've done. If you haven't yet connected or mastered that relationship with the younger self, this is a whole new adventure that you're called on to do. And here's the shitty part and wonderful part. Number one, you can't bypass this. You can't leave this out. In other words, everything that I had ever done, personal development wise, whether you've done Tony Robbins, Demartini, Byron Katie, whatever, if you haven't done this, it's incomplete. In other words, you can't overstep this. This is the missing link. I can vouch for it and if I learn anything new, I'm gonna be teaching it. <laughs> number one and number two, <clears throat> You can't delegate this to somebody else. There's no hero to come and rescue you. There's no relationship. There's no, you can leave this partner in your, your husband's relationship and say, screw this, I'm out of here. We trigger each other too much. But the next person that you end up with is likely going to bring up the exact same uh, triggers, exact same co confrontation. That's why you choose one another is to bring those up as an opportunity to heal. Otherwise, it just feels safer to just isolate and get a bunch of cats. If you want to be in relationship with other people, it's wiser for us to learn. If I want to be in relationship with other people, it's wiser for me to learn how to fully integrate and know who I am and see those missing younger parts of me. And then once I've done that, that's step one. Number two, create a container where other people feel seen and heard. When you're an anxious attached, you're quite a victim constantly because victimhood is your game. And so is the, the avoidant as well. Everybody's fighting to be victim, but I see it a lot with the anxious attached that you're so needy of the other person to see you and approve of you that you have lost the ability to give it to yourself. So that's the work, my friends. And uh, I look forward to seeing those of you who are coming on Sunday to the overview experience. I'm going to drop a link in the comment section if you haven't come already, if you haven't signed up already and you really want to learn how to expand that space between stimulus and response. This is, this is information, but there's a difference between information and transformation. Transformation can only happen if you're willing to be guided into those feelings. Not just talking about it. There's a difference. Talking about it is here. Doing the work is here. And the journey from the head to the heart is a long road that requires mastery and practice and dedication and training. And this is why we practice so that when game seven happens of the World Series, which is a trigger in a relationship, we know how to respond rather than react. So let me know what uh, resonated with you on this call, on this, uh, on this uh, broadcast. And uh, if you have any questions, let me know. Uh, if you haven't watched, if you're brand new and you haven't watched the training yet, message, uh, comment, please send me the training. I have a 90-minute trigger-proof training that shows you the exact steps that you need to go to, go through. Whether you do it with us or you do it elsewhere, you try to piece it all together yourself. Doing it yourself is probably the worst mistake. Whether you do it with us or you do it elsewhere, you can't overstep these steps. Let me know in the comment section. I'll send you that link. But um, uh, looking forward to seeing you at the next perfect time. Hopefully that was useful for you.